For joining me today for another episode of the Fountain of Life podcast. This is your host, Charles Zuta. I'm so excited to be coming your way with today's episode, which I've captioned the most important decision of our lives. And why do I say that? In last week's episode, we were looking at God's perspective on everything that He had done for us in Jesus Christ as we've seen in the previous 16 or 17 episodes, as we walk through all that God had to do to save humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. The important question for us now is what do we do with Jesus Christ? And we saw God's position with regards to that in Isaiah chapter 55. We'll soon be going back to Isaiah chapter 55. But the key thing is that God is offering us life a new beginning for free he's already paid for it so even though something that is valuable he's offering it to us for free and i shared with you a testimony about my nephew who made that most important decision about turning himself over to jesus christ and how god was able to transform him from an alcoholic to somebody who became very very profitable to society and to himself and every blessing that god had for him was manifested in his life so when i talk about the most important decision of our lives what i'm talking about is what do we do with jesus christ because that is a decision that only you have to make that is a decision that only I have to make and I made that decision a while ago so why is it so important why is what we do with Jesus Christ so important and we go back to Isaiah chapter 55 again where we left off last week in I read verse 1 and 2 again and I'll pick up some key phrases to help us to know that there are things that God can do and there are things that we should do and so when you are talking about the most important decision of your life, we are talking about your part. Because from God's perspective, he's saying like we are reading in Isaiah 51, come and drink, come and live, come and have everything that he's already offered in Jesus Christ. But we have to make the decision. It's a door that only we can open. It's a decision that only we can make. That is a crucial part. And the most important thing is that that decision about what to do with Jesus doesn't just impact our lives here on earth. The transformation affects our lives here on earth, but it also has eternal consequences. That is where you are going to spend eternity. You see, 
see, the truth is our lives don't end when we die. You see, a lot of people say, oh, let's enjoy life for tomorrow we are dead. Well, your life doesn't end with the grave. You continue living as a soul. And God's spirit goes back to God, but you continue being alive. And where you spend eternity is very important. God has made it clear that if we die outside of Jesus Christ, we have no eternal life with him. And the alternative is death. That is the lake of fire. You see, so this is the most important decision. What do I do with Jesus' offer of life? Because the consequences are of eternal proportions. And we can't just wait for some emotional high before we make that. It's a logical decision that you make. It involves your will. At some point, you have to stop and say, I need Jesus. If you are waiting for some emotions, it's not going to happen. Rather, it's a decision that you make. So, how do we make that decision? What is God expecting of us? God is waiting on us. And for some of us, we are also waiting on God to feel something before we make that decision. Well, time is not on our side. Death is an uncertainty. It's non-negotiable. We are all going to die. And the clock is ticking. And eternity is a certainty. So we can't wait forever. We can't postpone that decision forever. It is urgent because it affects your destiny, not just on this earth, but beyond the grave. And you can't delay it. You can't postpone it. In Isaiah chapter 55, this is what the Bible says. We'll recap from last week's episode. It says, Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. Without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance verse 3 incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live so in spite of everything that god is offering he says come to the waters drink he says even if you have no money come by and eat it's free yes come buy wine and milk without money and without price but in spite of all that is offering He's also alerting us to a responsibility that we have that will usher us in to all the good things that he's offering. We have to take the first step. That is how God has arranged things. He gave us everything for free, but we have to take the first step to receive those things. And this is how he puts it. In verse 2, second line, he says, Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Listen carefully. So, entering into eternal life, entering into the life that God is offering us, entering into every benefit that God has given to us through Jesus Christ, as we have enumerated in all these episodes, the key is listening. Do you stop for one moment to hear what God is saying? Maybe you heard it in Sunday school in church and you've thrown it all away. Maybe you've heard somebody preach on the bus. Or maybe you might have 
started in church and you are still in church bless your heart but the key starts with listening God gives us opportunity to hear the gospel like you are hearing as you're watching this episode or listening to this episode. Whatever it is, the doorway is listening. So it's not just emotion, going to church and crying and being sorry for your sins. Those things are great. There's nothing wrong with that. But eventually, you have to pay attention. You have to listen. Beyond your emotions, you have to hear God you have to hear him call you because it's a personal relationship he's calling you on to. And then the next thing is in verse 3. He says, incline your ear and come to me. Listening is one thing, but inclining your ear means you are putting in effort to really hear something. Human beings, we can't really incline our ear. A dog can incline their ear. It's like an antenna. They twist it to capture the source of sound. But human beings, we can't. The only way we can incline our ear is to move our head. So if somebody is talking and is very faint, we either cup our ears to hear or we bend our head closer to the source because our ears are not the type that can't be inclined like antenna, like a dog or cat or deer or any of those creatures. So what this connotes is that when God is saying, incline your ear, by implication, he says, be humble yourself, bend your head, pay attention, invest in understanding what I'm saying. You see? So the gospel is more than just emotional feeling. It is also something that appeals to our intelligence, something that appeals to our will. And it's a conscious decision that we make. Because when you're making effort to incline your ear or to humble yourself to something it means you value that thing you place a lot of premium on that thing so the doorway that to help you to make that important decision is to sit back and ask yourself logically if i look at my life now and what is ahead of me what do i need to do that is what god is saying and when you come to that point, you weigh all the facts. Right now, I'm without God and I'm without hope. My life is going downhill. Like the psalmist writes, I'm like a pelican in the wilderness or a lone sparrow on the rooftop. Loneliness and lack is all around you. And God is offering you life, just like he's offered some of us years ago. And we've walked in them. And I've seen God do the same for other people. Today, you have to make the most important decision of your life. That is, what do you do with the voice of God? As you watch these episodes, as you listen to preachers on the platform, in your church or other places, what are you going to do? Because the key to everything Isaiah is writing in Isaiah chapter 55 lies in those two phrases listen carefully to me and incline your ear and he says when you incline your ear come to me he says hear and your soul shall live because at the end of the day when you listen when you incline your ear the end result is that you will hear you will hear there are so many voices that are screaming at us today 
the voice of our flesh, that is the, our passions and our desires, the voice of enjoyment, the voice. So many things are calling our attention. But the most important voice that you need to hear is the voice of Jesus calling you. That come back home. Come and enjoy life. Real life. Come and quench your thirst. Come and be satisfied. Come and get rest. You see, that is a decision that only you can make. That is a sad part. In spite of all his power, in spite of everything that God is, he can't make that decision for you. You have to make that decision for yourself. Why does God care? The truth is that of all the things that God had created, angels, the planets, galaxies, everything that he has created, is only human beings who he created closest to him. We bear his image and his likeness. And because of that, God desires so much to have a relationship with us. He made us for that. Just like we feel lonely when we are in a family and we don't have our family around us. That is how God feels. He's pushing, he's crying, he's screaming, he's doing everything to bring us into relationship with him. So you don't need to be alone. God is offering you fellowship, he's offering you relationship. You see, so that is why he sent Jesus to die, to restore us to himself. But we need to listen. We need to incline our ears to him. And the next effect is that we will hear. And since when we hear, our soul shall live. So if, the alternative is that if we don't hear God and we go on into eternity, our souls will die. And that is a death you can't imagine. It's perpetual suffering in hell. And that is not what God intends for humanity. Rather, he wants us that our soul shall live. And we need to hear him. Is this the only place where God is crying out to us? In Romans, in sorry, Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, we recite or we quote this verse very often to people maybe who are here to come into fellowship with God. But it, it applies to both. Those of us who are inside God's family and those who are outside or they don't have any relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, God, though God wrote it to a church, the implications are beyond just the organizational you know, institution, but also to the individual. And this is what he says in Revelation chapter 3. End of verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So, Jesus is standing outside the door, the door of our lives. He's outside and he wants to come in. But note the phrase. He says, Whoever opens the door. So, that is a decision point. Do I open the door or not? And we are seeing here that he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to break the door down and come in. That is what religion does. Religion forces its way into our lives. It doesn't give us a choice to respect our will. 
if people were in court and other places, you feel compelled to stay, even though you know that this is leading you to destruction. God doesn't operate that way. God gives you the opportunity to use your will because it's a conscious relationship he wants you to build, not an emotional one or one that is compelled. So the most important decision that you have to make, apart from inclining your ear and hearing and listening, is to open the door. And look at what he says he's going to do. He says, when we open the door, he will come in. That is the good news. He's at the door and knocking. He's going to keep on knocking until the day we die. But when we open the door, he will come in. He will come in. And when he comes in, there are two things that will happen. He says, he will sup with us and we will sup with him. He will dine with us and we will dine with him. Two things. We, he will dine with us. That is, he comes to the table. We invite him to sit at the table. And he has supper with us. And when that is done, he will invite us to his table and have supper with him. It's a two-way relationship. It's not just what we offer Jesus as he comes into our lives. But it leads us into a deeper relationship with him what he brings to us so all the benefits that we've talked about god only wants us to offer ourselves to him he only wants us to take the first step and then when he comes in he brings in his abundance there is a very interesting illustration of that when elijah had been in samaria and god led him to a widow widow Zarephath, and this widow had come down to his last muscle of flying oil and he went out to collect wood to make food and then die because that is all he had. And Elijah was led by God to this widow. And the Bible says that when Elijah came to the widow, he asked the widow, go and make me some bread. And the widow said, I have nothing. All I have is this small amount of flying oil. We are just, me and my son are just going to make this food, eat it, and die. And Elijah said, go and prepare first a bread for me. And that oil and that wine will never run out. That is the paradigm that God uses. He just wants us to take the first step. Listening, obeying, and then once we invite him in, he brings the best. He brings the abundance. He brings the increase way beyond what we can do. Imagine what your life would be like with God. Right now, even if you think that you've got it made, imagine when God comes in with all his resources, where your life is going to be. God wants us to make the most important decision of our lives by bringing him in. And once when you bring him in, he brings in his abundance. The widow sacrificed had small amount of flying oil. But when Elijah took that and came into her house, that little oil became plenty and took her through the entire farm. Her neighbors might have been dying. There's no food in the land, but she had food. Why? Because she listened, she obeyed, and she opened her door to Elijah. In the same way, if you go with me as we close on this, and go with me to the book of Luke, Jesus had an interesting conversation with a woman, the woman 
at the well in Samaria. In in uh, the book of John, let's listen. John chapter 4 and the verse 7 to 10. So Jesus was at this well and he had a conversation for a woman who had come to the well to fetch water. And this is what the Bible says, how the conversation went. A woman came, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, or who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living waters. Let's come down to verse 13. And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into eternal everlasting life. So once again, he follows the same point. Jesus asked the woman, give me to drink. Today, God is asking you the same thing. Give me to drink. That is, allow me to come in, just like in Revelations 3.20. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. Isaiah 55, the same thing. He says, oh, come to the waters and drink. You know, why do you spend more money? And he says, come, come. He wants you to come. He says, come. You see, so God wants you to take the first step. What are you waiting for? And as we see in Jesus' example with this woman of Samaria, he said, the water that I will give you, you will not thirst again. And it's going to be water that will be welling onto everlasting life. Jesus asked the woman for just a natural water, little water from this earth. But what he will give the woman be beyond natural water, it will well up into everlasting life. We can never, ever push God aside and think that we have made a good decision. In all of these examples, whether Elijah in the Old Testament, Jesus to the Samaritan woman, or Jesus writing to the Laodicean church, he says, when you open the door, I'll come in. First, I'll sup with you. I'll sit at the table and eat your food. Just interact with you. But eventually, you will sup with me. That is of a much, much bigger dimension that we could ever make. When you decide to allow or you decided to make that decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, you would have made the most important decision of your life. Why? Because in, in Romans chapter 10 and the verse 9 downwards, these are the critical steps that we need to make. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 downwards. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth we make confession unto salvation. So that is the way to go about it. If you want to make that decision, all you need to pray are just three things first you need to believe that he has come and he died and he did all the things that we talked about in the previous episodes for you 
He took your sins and he nailed them to himself on the cross. And he died to take away those sins. But above all that, he allowed you to have fellowship with God. And this is what God is saying. That when he comes, when you allow him to come in, then your life will blossom. It doesn't mean everything is going to end that same day for you. But what it means is that you have started a journey of transformation and eventually you are going to end up in everlasting life. Don't delay that decision. When you make that decision, thank Jesus. Thank Him for all He did for you. And above all, share your faith. Let people know you've made a decision to give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus means you believe in Him confess him as your Lord and Savior. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. Don't need to do it in a church setting. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it as you are driving or even as you are listening to this podcast. And as you do that, you begin a journey of transformation. Then next week episodes, I will look at how we apply these truths to our lives after we have made that decision. But don't delay. Time is running out. Death is non-negotiable. Eternity is a certainty. And we are not dying in the grave. We have life beyond the grave. It's life with God or life in destruction. And you have to choose. Jesus won't force his way into your life. You have to open the door. And when you open the door, he comes in with his plenty. And you'll never be the same. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to joining you again next week as we look at the benefits of salvation and looking at it from the perspective of those who already have faith in Christ. Make that decision and make it today. May God richly bless you. Thank you. Amen. Find rest.